another podcast Fratello on air brought to you by members of Fratello I'm RJ coming to you from The Hague in the Netherlands and on the other side we have Rob Nuts <laughs> it's all about the pause it's all yeah, about, it's the, all pause. about the pause now, I'm, I'm a big fan of the pause so uh, thank you for that dramatic build-up that was uh, wow amazing. very good and today we have something uh, special to talk about yesterday was a, a speedy Tuesday the first of 2021 and omega did a major release on this special day they introduced the new speedmaster professional moonwatch um, and that's exactly what we are going to discuss today on this podcast so rob yes what do you think of the new speedmaster professional well i was uh, i was pretty surprised um I know I probably shouldn't have been surprised. It was maybe due a bit of an update, but I was surprised at how many things I think Omega got absolutely perfectly right with this, uh, this update. Um, there's a great, a great many watches that come out and, uh, obviously we get to see more of them than most people and they come through our hands and sit on our desks and our wrists for weeks. And we get a chance to analyze them and dig into what makes them good and what could have made them better. And it's very rare that you see a new release. I think at least even for major, major brands, where there aren't one or two, three or four, five or six things that you uh, would change if you had the chance. That's not to say you wouldn't buy the watch. It's not to say you wouldn't wear it and love it. But normally you pick on little tiny things. And I think what Omega did really cleverly here, and we'll dig into this a little bit more later, is how they split this release of four different references uh, into two micro packages, basically. I'm just talking about the steel ones at this point. And they 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 changed those little things, those bones of contention. Should it be Sapphire? Should it be Hesalite? Why not have an option for both? Should it be a display case back? Should it be a closed case back? Why not have an option for both? Even the logo, printed or applied. I mean, they they gave us uh, real options here, and it makes for a fascinating discussion that we're going to have right now. I think uh, of which one we would choose and why. Very well. Um, then I will uh, I will start. Um, I also wrote it in the article that we published yesterday that got a huge amount of traction. So thank you, listeners and uh, and and readers uh, for that. We had a lot of uh, comments as well, and we will answer some of the questions that were asked in the comments. Uh, most of them we we added to the article basically uh, along the way yesterday. But uh, I think it's good to 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 mention and discuss some of the the, the obvious basically or or questions that we saw recurring. Um, but to start, my favorite is uh, for, of the steel ones, because they also did two in gold. Of the steel ones, my favorite would be the one where you can see the movement. So that's the one with the sapphire crystal uh, on the front and the sapphire crystal on the back. Um, however, and I will buy one, um, I think... Well, not I think. I will buy the one with the Hasselite crystal with the closed case back. And that's because I have. I'm lucky enough to have uh, the one with the with, in moonshine gold that has the same movement with the uh, Setna plating uh, and a, a crystal, uh, a sapphire crystal 
uh, to observe the movement. So for me, there's not really a reason to purchase the new moon watch with the sapphire crystals, uh, also called uh, the sapphire sandwich, basically. Um, so I think I will go for the Hasselite one with the closed case back because I think that's the one that is uh, like a direct uh, descendant of the of the Moonwatch that was used by NASA. I mean, this is crazy. This is a, a, a brilliant coincidence that we stumbled into here. We didn't discuss this beforehand. We wanted to be, uh, you know, surprised by each other's choices. And I have to say, I'm exactly the other way around from you. So um, my favorite of the two is the Hesalite crystal with the closed case back for the same reasons, as, as you pointed out, uh, it's authenticity. Um, I think it's, it's closer um, to the source material in most ways. I'm saying that mostly because of the Hesalite and the closed case back. People can uh, sway back and forth on the applied or printed logo. And that Hesalite crystal, by the way, that's the one with the printed logo, right? So the Sapphire yeah. crystal, the Sapphire sandwich has the applied logo. So yeah. I like that. I like the pure, um, the most uh, the more affordable one, that Hesalite with the closed case back. But because I do not own the Moonshine Gold, and because I am quite fascinated by the movement... You should. I know I should own the Moonshine Gold, but that is not going to happen anytime soon. I'm not quite there yet with the, with the full yellow gold look. Maybe I could stretch to a uh, a day date um, if you pushed me because of the size, but I, I don't think I could pull off all that yellow gold that you can. Remember, I've got tiny wrists. I talk about this in every article I write. i got tiny wrists. I think it would just uh, it would look a bit ridiculous on me at this point in my life. Um but I would buy the Sapphire Sandwich. I'm a big fan of an applied logo. I, I don't really care so much about the history on, on that side of things, uh, if it's authentic. I mean, I believe the applied logos went to the moon, right? Went to the surface. And the printed logos only orbited the moon, right? Yes. So on the moon, there was the 105003. Yeah. The 105012, that's the one that was used by Buzz Aldrin. So that was actually the first Speedmaster on the moon. And then you had the 145012, which basically is a 105012 with different pushers. Uh huh. Um, so those are the moon watches. And they, they, all these three references have applied. Uh, logos. See, that's really interesting because to me, like intuitively, I would have assumed at that point in the Speedmaster's development that they all would have had printed logos. And it's just odd to me because the applied logo seems like a more luxury embellishment. And it's a weak spot, I guess, like when you're looking at a watch that's going to go into space because it's just one more thing that could theoretically um, cause a problem if it were to shear off or snap off or crack or I don't know. Um, yeah, polished. True. I never thought of that to be honest. In all these years, really, I mean, I, that I, applied logo would come off uh, somehow and then uh, uh, block hands because that's the risk. Then, I, yeah, I mean, when it comes to designing a uh, a tough adventure watch, I I had this um, this idea years ago when I was at the bench to build every dial from the back up so that nothing is like actually applied from the front. Everything comes through gaps underneath the dial, so it can't be detached. So it literally can't interrupt the operation of the watch. The worst mm-hmm. thing you could, you could experience if you suffered a massive impact would be a, a, a dislodged hand, for example. But I mean, you know about it when a hand comes off. So. Anyway, I find it a little bit incongruous that that was the true history. Um, and so really, maybe the uh, the applied logo should be on the Hesalite version and the printed logo should be on the Sapphire version. But I think it's clear. Yeah. Omega's I have to say, I don't care that much about applied logo in this case because I also feel that the applied logo that it uses today is quite different from the one that was used in the past. 
Sure. Yeah, it, you've it, mentioned... It's a bit more uh, roundish. It's a bit more polished. Uh, it's a bit smaller. Um, on the gold one uh, that I have, the moonshine one, it is more in the in the actual the old shape basically. It's a bit bigger. It's more uh, flat, so to speak. Yeah, a bit rounded, a bit narrower. So, yeah, yeah. So if they would have put that one on the Speedmaster, that might have been a changing thing for me. Uh, but yeah, a printed logo is fine for me as well. What I love about the both watches basically is that they have a step dial, which is awesome. That was discontinued Gorgeous. in 1974. So. Uh, all these old references up to the 145022-71, which was in production till 74, um, had uh, a step dial. And then from the last quarter of 74 onwards, the step, the step dial was gone. Um, I also like that they put in the, the, the teardrop um, uh, chronograph hand. So and the, and short- the counterpoise. Don't forget the counterpoise. Oh, that's a different counterpoise, and that is a very nice, nice way to end off that second hand. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's that's uh, that, that looks awesome. And um, what I don't, what what I had to get used to, to be honest, is the printing uh-huh. uh, on both both watches because Speedmaster is just as wide as professional on the new Moon watches, and it used to be that Speedmaster was a bit narrower. So it it went down. So from the Omega logo, then Omega wording, then Speedmaster, then professional it was like a triangle. Uh huh. And now Speedmaster has become a bit wider and bigger. And I think that's the trend of today. Perhaps that stuff needs to be bigger on dials. Um, but yeah, that's the that's that's the only thing that that uh, that uh, well, I don't mind it. I'm buying it anyway because I really love it. But that's a change that was the first. The first thing that that I noticed basically when looking at this uh, this watch, I think you're that, right about that trend. By the way, about things getting a bit bigger on dials, but also I think fewer elements and more like yeah. uh, impactful. I yeah. would I would perhaps have liked to have seen the Speedmaster a touch bigger and the Professional go smaller, so that it made a diamond no. shape instead of a triangle. Oh no, no, that no, would no. have been interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, it, perhaps I don't know. It would have fed into <laughs> the groove created by the. Uh, the layout by the subdial layout, you know, cause yeah. for me, like if you go, if you go out from the Omega logo to the Omega word mark to the Speedmaster word mark, and then back in for the professional, it sort of leads in, it sort of fills that space quite harmoniously. That's yeah. just my personal preference. Yeah. But I like and it. then of course there's uh, there's the dot over 90 bezel and that's a cool feature that it's on there and um, goes back to the uh, to the old days, basically. We can touch on one of our questions from the comments, or should we say comments from the comments regarding the bezel at this point, can't we? Because it's aluminium. Yeah, so it's an aluminium uh, bezel, and that was uh, that's a comment that I see quite a bit. It's why doesn't it have a ceramic bezel? That's also a question that we got when we did the Speedy Tuesday a few years ago, mm. and there we insisted, uh, being Fratello, that we want to have a hazelite crystal, and an aluminum bezel and not a ceramic bezel and sapphire because we thought that hesalite and aluminum or aluminium depends on where you're from i guess um is more pure for a speedmaster and of course sapphire and ceramic are scratch resistant and perhaps for daily wear uh, i i don't know the watch will still look the same in uh, i don't know uh, how many years from now and aluminum can dent it uh, can uh, paint can come off uh, the the hesalite uh, crystal uh, can sc- no will scratch <laughs> yeah um but yeah that's what it is and that's also part of the charm i feel yeah what what omega could have done is the hesalite comes with al- aluminium bezel and the sapphire one comes with the ceramic bezel i think that could have been justified but 
to be honest, I really don't care that much. Uh, I like a ceramic bezel, but I also look the I like the the look of the like the matte uh, black inlay in the aluminum. Yeah. It, well, the, the 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 ring is aluminum, and the bezel itself is steel, of course. Only the insert is aluminum. When I was uh, a younger uh, watchmaker, I just believed that better was always better, and I say better in uh, in inverted commas. There. Like um, yeah. ceramic is better than aluminium. You may not prefer it. It may not give you as much emotionally, but it's better. You know, it's a better material for for the purpose. But you realize as you the long you spend in watchmaking in the industry it isn't always about just optimum performance. I mean, quartz yeah. are better than a mechanical yeah. watch. Okay, l- l- let me let me uh, uh, say this. If you look at Omega in in total, uh, looking at their collection, and uh, this also touches a few other topics, um, the Speedmaster was been made in a way that they have been doing them for the last three or four decades at least mm-hmm. while other watches like the seamaster 300m and the the, the, the other seamaster 300 and the omega globemaster and the constellation manhattan and uh, all these watches were made in a much more modern way they had uh, water-resistant cases. They come with uh, Metas-certified uh, movements, mass chronometer movements, with uh, ceramic stuff on there. They're really modern, innovative watches. And the Moon Watch was always, oh, yeah, that's the Moon Watch as well, because that's a watch that has been there since 1957 and since 1968 uh, almost uh, unchanged. So we need to have that as well. But... It's a thorn in the eye because it doesn't meet all the new requirements that we as Omega have basically for all new watches. So people have to keep that in mind that the Moonwatch was always made in a different way than all the other watches. Um, uh, different materials, uh, different movement, uh, n- not a cr- uh, chronometer movement, not, not certified uh, by Metas and so on. Uh, no ceramics. They had the Speedmaster Dark Side of the Moon for that, for example, with in-house developed chronograph movements, with ceramics, and so on. And the Moon Watch was always this old-style watch that ha- that is there for the enthusiast, for the collector, for people that really appreciate the Moon Watch. And the price reflected that as well. And that's uh, where I come in with the price. The last retail price in the Netherlands, and we have 21% VAT, was 4,900 euro for the Speedmaster with Hasselite and um, the, the closed case back, of course. Scandalous. Scandalously cheap. <laughs> yeah, well, people look, oh, but it was uh, 2,500 euro in, uh, in 2001. Yeah, uh, it was 20 years ago. But still, that nearly 5,000 euro, and I, I know I'm biased because I'm a Speedmaster collector, but I can't think of another watch for 5K that brings you so much. Another and chronograph as well. Let's not forget that. Exactly, and it's a chronograph, and of course it has a cool story, and you can you can use this story like endlessly, and they do. They have a lot of limited editions, special editions, whatever editions, uh, Speedy Tuesday editions, um, and of course you can do that. You can sort of milk this, and I, I milk is a very negative, but I also I, I actually love these things, but we discussed that in the past as well. Um, for collectors, it's awesome because you have a lot of variations. But I think for 5K, this watch, it was a tremendous uh, deal, basically. Um, because other big brands, and and um, you, have to, you have to compare it to brands that are more or less in the same league as Omega. Um, with other brands, you can't perhaps even buy a three-hander for this kind of money. 
Right, right. And I mean, so look at the, now look at the Iran. I mean, come on. I mean, you're talking. And now it's increased now. because it Omega stepped up the game for their Moonwatch as well. Uh, my assumption is it was a thorn in the eye of Omega that this watch didn't meet all sorts of requirements that they have for their other watches, and they're very proud on about their innovations with their movements, with the with the certification and so on. So now they come with a Speedmaster Professional with a Meta certified movement, and that movement is awesome. The three eight six one. Uh, it's, uh, of course, based on the 1861, but 50% of the parts is new and different. It's, so it's also not interchangeable. And this movement was used in the, in, the, in the gold moonshine and in the Snoopy, for example, but also in the steel Apollo 11 from uh, 2019. And it's an awesome movement. It's this master chronometer, so it runs between uh, zero and plus five seconds on average per day. So no minus, like some other brands and, and, and Koska certified movements. There's no, uh, there's no slow running here. Um, also, Andreas Hopmeyer, the VP of uh, uh, product and uh, procurement that I had an interview with in one of the previous podcasts. It's really worth uh, uh, listening to, I have to say, uh, explains that in more detail. Um, but this movement is really awesome. It's super accurate. It is very nice to look at, I have to say. And it's anti-magnetic, up to 15,000 Gauss. Um, at, least 15, guys, at least, at least 15,000 because that's the, that's the requirement. That is at least 15,000. Uh, it had a, it's shock proof to 5,000 G. They tested it and, um, yeah, they, they increased the price. Yes. They increased the price with the, for the Hesselite on steel bracelet, they increased the price with 1200 euros. And that seems to be a topic of discussion here and there as well, especially on, on forums and, and, and so on. Um, and I don't get it to be honest that it's always is about price and not so much focus on the product itself because you really get a different product, much more advanced and a super, super nice bracelet. I mean, there's a few things to say about it, isn't there? The price. Firstly, the old one was underpriced for what you got then. I believe so. Yeah. The new model is a fantastic deal in the context of watchmaking for what you get now. And the actual price increase talk about percentages all you want and yeah that is valid of course of course you can point to that but the actual price increase of 1200 euros is not earth shattering it doesn't move this watch from one segment to another it doesn't no. push it so like you, you bought the snoopy in 2015 right and you paid yeah. what for that in the, in those days was it about six or something like that yeah retail was in the netherlands uh, six thousand around okay yeah. okay so then look at the snoopy three now that we've got um yeah. I mean, I, that's the best that's nine isn't it that's nine so yeah. i mean now that's a 50 percent increase on like okay there's huge differences between those watches but not as massive differences between those two watches as there is between the watch we have today the new moon watch and the well, other with the, with the, with the, I think the expensive part with the Snoopy from 2015 was the handmade case back. Yeah, they were done sure. hand. Uh, ha- they were done by hand, uh, one by one, um, which made it expensive. And uh, with the, with the new Snoopy, of course, it's the whole uh, automaton on the case back, and it's a modern watch. It's a new watch, different movement, different case. Yeah, um, but my point is the difference between four nine and six one is not um it's it's, yeah, it's true. not bracket true. transcending as true. 69 and of course in, in the past five years prices increased there's of course a bit of inflation and so on i i mean it is what it is um i i also f- sometimes i fall into the same trap because if i look at the the other big brand uh, rolex um if i look at the submariner price well uh, aside from the fact you, you you can't get one uh, from a retailer um 
they increased massively as well. If I if I take a catalog from a few years ago, uh, you, you could buy a, a Submariner or a GMT for four thousand. Yeah, and yeah, those yeah. are the prices I paid in the past. Yeah, and then it's a huge uh, increase if you now have to pay at least double. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, the watches changed, time changed, uh, also uh, uh, salary changed. Um, um, five thousand euro uh, in 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 two thousand is not the same five thousand euro as it is today. No, but I don't think there's any doubt that things like uh, luxury products like watches are getting more expensive faster than salaries are increasing. I think that they are. Yeah, yeah I wish I got a ten percent increase. Every, right, every right, year. right. I wish my salary yeah. had gone up the same way that the Rolex Submariner list price. It, it took the Speedmaster a long time to get here because, uh, well, I have. I showed you, I think, uh, or wasn't it you, on, a, on an internal call we had uh, using Zoom. I bought a Speedmaster, my last normal Speedmaster, oh, I bought in yeah. 2012, 28th yeah. of August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the retail price back then was 3350 but that's eight years ago. Yeah, it's a long time. And that's a long time. Um so yeah, I, I uh, things change. I think it t- took a long time for the Speedmaster to get at that point at five thousand euro, well deserved. I mean, five thousand euro doesn't even probably buy you uh, some Bell and Ross chronograph, and um, yeah, it shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, but this watch is iconic, and it's a beautiful watch. It's well made. It's uh, it's super strong. Uh, people have uh, have. Uh, uh, some some people are super careful with these watches. Oh, can I use it for this and that? It went to the moon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it and did things beyond our understanding, and 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 um, so yeah, it's a watch perfect for daily wear. You can swim with it. People rant about oh, it's only fifty meters water resistant. Yeah, you can swim with it as long as you don't. Uh, use the pushers on the ground. I tell you what, it's easier to not use the pushers now because of their new low-profile design. You know, this is this is actually a case update as well, isn't it? We've got the forty-two millimeter case it, and it is sleek and yeah. It so it, it, it's it's the um, uh, 40, 42 millimeter, which the Moonwatch uh, uh, has been since uh, since uh, uh, sixty-five. Um, but uh, this case is different from the previous one because now it it goes back a bit to the to the fourth iteration of the Speedmaster, which is that 105012 from 1965 that was used on the moon by uh, by uh, Buzz Aldrin. It has exactly those uh, case dimensions, and they use this same case for the Apollo 11 models from 2019 and for the Snoopy, and now for the regular Moonwatch as well. I absolutely love it. I think it's the best silhouette that the Speedmaster has. Beautiful. The crown is gorgeous. The pushers just, they, they, they look functional, but not obtrusive. Uh, fantastic. Another thing I like about it, which hasn't got much comment at all, is the loom color. So, as you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a fan of uh, Fotina, as they say. I like the old beige loom. I wouldn't have ever suggested they put such a color on uh, on a new Speedmaster, but we've got a kind of greenish hue here from what we can see, um, yeah. which, which gives it a yeah. really sort of sci-fi look. It's not the crisp white. Uh, it's not uh, yellow. It's not... Um, eggshell it is definitely like a slight green from the images that we've got and uh i'm very excited to see that in real life um i think to be honest i mean straight up if, if you were gonna let me choose one watch for free now between this and the ed white i would choose this i like it more i just like it more as a watch and it's better sorry ed white feels a bit uh 
insulted. Well, the Ed White can lean on its laurels from the World Cup victory. It can lean on like your wrist yeah, and be a, happy. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a total different watch, and I think that's what Omega did correctly with the Ed White. They really made a tribute to that to that to that moon watch, the one hundred five zero three um, ceramic bezel, sapphire crystal, and of course you can say it should have hasalite or uh, aluminium. And I would have bought it as well then if it had those things. Yes, yeah, but that watch is it's not a modern watch. It's handmade, one watchmaker per watch, and it's handmade. It's exactly the same movement, same dimensions. Uh, they used uh, so, so some uh, tomography uh, technique to really scan an old movement and rebuild a new one. Um, it's a super beautiful watch. And if you slip that watch on, it's like, and perhaps people will, will, uh, will uh, comment negatively on this, but um, it is what it is. When I put the Ed White on, it feels exactly the same as when I put my Royal Oak 5202 on. It's a very delicate beautiful watch that you then put on the wrist it is a total different feel when putting on uh, one of my normal or newer moon watches because those are like more daily watches they're uh, bigger it's a different feel and i don't know how exactly how that uh, how that uh, uh, came about Um, but yeah i think that's a different audience Um, i don't i think i like the ed white better but um, yeah i want them all yeah, of, course, I need, of course, I need to have this this moon watch as well. And I think for the money, I think this is one of the best watches out there. Period. Well, this is it. This is the point I'm trying to make. It's beyond the money for me. Like I, I look but at it always this. was a moon watch. Always was, and that's not only because I collect them and I'm a huge fan of the Speedmaster, but I just can't come up with one other watch that I rather would have for this kind of money. No. And of course, there's a Grand Seiko, and I love Grand Seiko, and I have one, but that's not a Chronograph. No. And of course, there's for four and a half thousand, you can buy Seamaster 300M. And spec-wise, it has ceramic and uh, automatic movement and so on, but it's not a chronograph. And talking so you about, have to uh, put it in perspective. Talking about the best getting better, um, perhaps the most popular upgrade we've seen here is the bracelet. So tell yeah, us about the that. The bracelet is awesome. So this bracelet is exactly the same. There's a, a, a very... There's a slight difference, but it's the same design as the one on the gold Moonshine from 2019. And I have been wearing that watch. First, I got a prototype in March 2019. Then in July, I received my own one, uh, my number 13, because that's the number I collect. Um, And I've been wearing it at least a few times per week. And there were uh, periods that I just wore it every single day. Um, So I wore it a lot. And... Yeah, you can see it. If you are here in the Hague, uh, end of the month, uh, Rob, you will see my uh, moonshine. You will see. You know, I've seen it. You know, I've seen it every time. You will see how it's being used. And and that's what a watch is for. Um, (laughs) But but, um, that bracelet is just uh, majestic. It's awesome. Um, I did an article on the bracelet alone uh, last month, I think, December. Right. And I called it the Nixon bracelet because um, Nixon was the first to receive the gold one in '69 during some banquet in uh, in uh, in November with all the astronauts. People got a bit upset that I called it the Nixon bracelet because they didn't think Nixon was a good uh, president. He ranks quite know, highly in uh, surprisingly considering how his tenure ended, but uh, he didn't accept yeah. it, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I have to say my history on uh, U.S. presidents is uh, is terrible. Luckily, and, my um, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So I really don't know. And I spoke with several people and uh, they said, well, uh, they, there was an issue with him, of course. Um, well, and some people seem to like him. Others don't. I don't know. For me, the reason to call it Nixon bracelet was that he was the first person to ever receive that watch or being offered that watch with the bracelet. The watch can be seen in the Omega Museum. It's really cool. Because um, he didn't accept it, right? He didn't take it. I believe he couldn't he, because the, the watch had uh, uh, represented too much value, and he was, of course, government. I think and he was a and issue. his vice president at the time were yeah, Agnew uh, Spiro, Spiro Agnew, Spiro Agnew, yeah. strange name, but yeah, yeah he, they had to decline it. Um, but yeah, so the bracelet is a copy of the one in gold from uh, 2019, and it wears just awesome. And the steel one looks beautiful. There's also here. There's a little differentiation between the Hasselite version and the Sapphire version. On the Hasselite version, everything is brushed. On the Sapphire version, the in-between links, you know, the small links, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a polished finish. So that's another distinction between these two, uh, two, two versions. Um, I really like the optical illusion created by these uh, little links, by the way. When I first looked at it, yeah. I, I, I was convinced that they were attached and aligned to the center links, not to the flanking links. But yeah. they, they are not. Amazing, huh? Yeah, it's, it's really, really beautiful. Um, yeah. I didn't realize how, how little I was enthused by the uh, bracelet I have on my broad arrow. Let me think. What's the, uh, what's the reference? Yeah, I think it's a 1498, yeah, is it, that I have? Yeah, or 1998, something like that. Yeah. It's the bracelet that it actually introduced in uh, in 96 or 97 the first ones came without pushers in the clasp and yeah. i think around 2000 they they came with uh, pushers in the clasp yeah i've got an early one uh, like i say mine's from 98 so it's one of the one of the uh, sort then of then it's earlier. the 1498 yeah. Pusher, yeah and it's uh, it's a nice bracelet i do like it. it's very comfortable but stylistically i prefer like the 1450 or the 1479 and this is much closer to the 1479 yeah so you it yeah, this looks same. a lot like the, the 1479, which was used from 88 or 89 till 96. Mm -hmm. um, I have one on... No, I have two. I have, um, for example, the Apollo 13 limited edition from 1995 also came with this uh, 1479. Um, and that watch was also unbelievable these days. There are only a thousand. And the production also ran into 1996. And the 1996 models came with that later bracelet that you have. Yeah. So it comes with two. It can come with two different bracelets. But originally, it came with the 1479 at the time of introduction, mm -hmm. and it really looks like the 1479 for sure, or the much older one, the 1116. It's also a similar looking bracelet uh, with these in between uh, polished uh, links. But yeah, the bracelet is awesome. The clasp is exactly the same as uh, the one on the gold ones from. 2019 and from 1969 of course um it has the pusher it has the very nice finish the the the, the grooves the stripes or grooves uh with the logo at the end um and it can be set so there are a lot of questions about does it have a push button inside to extend the the bracelet it doesn't have a push button as far as i know because we don't have the watches yet they are stuck somewhere at omega brussels um, but we're expecting them soon um, what i know from the gold one is that there's a micro adjustment in the clasp so there are two positions in the clasps clasp where you can set the bracelet by steps of one third of a link oh, very so nice. in the clasp you can set till two thirds of a link and if you want to set more or less, you have to just add or remove a link, and then you have like a total link. That's very so nice. It's steps of one third, and people complain a bit. Oh, it's not micro adjustment, yada yada yada. But hey, one third of a small link. 
I yeah, think yeah, that yeah. should be enough, right? And those links are uh, they're slim enough for, for you to be able to get a very good fit, I think, with a bracelet. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the gold one I have, I can really set it to exactly how I want it to have so, on my wrist. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, awesome. these these bracelets between the Moonshine Gold and the new Moonwatch, they're almost exactly the same, but the difference is that the clasp is 14 mil on the gold and 15 on the steel, right? Yes. So the clasp on the steel one is a bit wider. Which is good, I think. The 14 millimeter is nice, and it, it also refers back to the original one from 69 that tapers from 20 to 14. Um, I can imagine that not everyone will like it because it is quite thin, mm-hmm. but because the clasp is quite thick, so to speak, um, it looks quite cool, uh, and, and, and it, it wears very comfortably. But I can imagine you want to to add a bit more to it so it's 15 16 would have been perhaps nice as well i don't know but 15 i think it's a good sweet spot i think it's cool that omega are leading from the front here we've talked for a while that we want to see more tapered bracelets and we're sick of just straight line bracelets that wear like lump uh, I, I like i like straight bracelets on like uh, diver watches fine yeah so but I, I think the Seamaster 300m you know with the nine rows yeah, yeah. The, the links with nine rows i think those are like straight from 20 to 20 from uh, luck to clasp um and the Speedmaster bracelet is not a dive. It should taper, and it tapers nicely from 20 to, uh, to 15. So, right. Uh, yeah, very yeah. cool. And screwed, uh, screwed uh, links, of course. But the last uh, bracelet on the Moonwatch, or the previous now, uh, was also screwed. So that's... Um, that's nice. I think it has been since 2014 or 2015. I think we're seeing a really good year for bracelets. I mean, oh, well, it's 2021. So, I mean, so far, so good. But, I mean, from last year as well, with Breitling re-releasing the yeah. Rouleau bracelet, um, we're getting some real classics brought back to life, but just made infinitely better. The screw links on this one yeah. make this new Moonwatch bracelet look amazing from any angle you choose to observe it from. I agree. And, and creating bracelets is super difficult to do because... Um, there are only a few bracelets that everyone know that that, that are really standing out. Um, I had a discussion with uh, the designer from uh, Bulgari, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we we spoke for a long time about designing bracelets because I really love the bracelet on the Bulgari Octo Finissimo, and he said it's one of the toughest things to do as a designer to come up with a original looking bracelet that's also very comfortable. Oh yeah. And I think they did a good job. I think Omega did a really good job with this as well. So, um, Four marks. Yeah. Exactly. So there's one thing that we haven't discussed, and it feels like it's a bit of the, the elephant in the room. Uh-oh. And it is the case back. Oh, thank um, God. I thought there was actually an elephant yeah. in the room. Ein Elefante, as they say in German. Also, also. So there's this case back. It's different from the previous one. So this case back has this little baffle, like the original 105012 had as well, which was, by the way, also not on the 145012. It was the 105013 and, and, and the, the ones before, and, of course, the 105012 that has this had this baffle, and now this one had, has the baffle again um but it's about engraving so previously it said flight qualified by nasa for all manned space missions all good so far so this watch was flight qualified in 1965 not certified for once and for all not certified nasa does not certify watches they qualify watches so flight qualified and then in 78 they did the same thing for space shuttle missions and there the speedmaster with the Caliber 861 was qualified for uh, by NASA for uh, for space missions, and that had to do with the space shuttle program that started in 1981 and uh, stopped uh, well uh, quite a while ago already. Again, unfortunately, um, so flight qualified. So there was a leakage where we saw 
well, some people saw, we, we saw it as well, that there was another case back for this watch, and it said uh, flight qualified by NASA for all human space missions. That, of course, had to do with the whole discussion about gender n- uh, neutrality. Um, so with this, they changed it again. This is the final product, I guess. Flight qualified by NASA in 1965 for all manned space missions. And I think with this, they do two things. Um, in 1965, it was qualified for all manned space missions and not for all human space missions. So it it it, it kills the discussion around uh, the, the the genders. Then it also kills the discussion about being flight qualified by NASA today. Um, what people have to know is in 1965, NASA performed all the tests on these watches that were sent from Omega to NASA, basically. Then in 1978, NASA didn't test these watches. Omega tested these watches against the NASA framework, and then they got flight qualified. Um, the same happens basically today with this watch, uh, from what I've been told by Omega, that these watches have been tested accordingly as well. And um, And of course, Officially, they are not flight qualified by NASA this time, but they made sure that this watch can withstand the same kind of abuse as the ones from 1978 and 1965. But with this this little addition in 1965, I think they tackled these two things. Yeah, and it, um, was a, it was a smart PR move to sort of sidestep the question of whether or not to update something uh, rather rather than doing that and risking alienating a lot of the collectors and the people that were uh, a fan of the previous wording just by specifying that they're calling back to 1965. Yeah, I can only imagine, I mean, all in all, I would have loved to see the original case back on here as well that says just flight qualified by NASA for all manned space missions. But I guess, and that's my assumption, that this has been a huge discussion within uh, uh, Omega or even Swatch Group, I don't know. Um and you have discussed you want to you you don't want to upset NASA you don't want to upset men you don't want to upset women you don't want to upset your clients but in the end you make a a, a compromise uh, like this and then still people get upset i mean the um, problem the problem isn't with uh, with with NASA or with omega it's in this case it's really with the english language being inherently sexist unfortunately there's not much you can really do about it because human space missions isn't the same as manned space missions the whole point is that like it's when there is a human on board the craft so it, it doesn't really satisfy uh linguists either so i think doing what they did and just accepting that this is uh, an artifact of time is is probably the way forward for now. And then, you know, we can come up with a new slogan uh, when we design a new watch and NASA tests it for a modern generation of space explorers, male, female, yeah. or otherwise. Yeah, I agree. So it is not a deal breaker for me. I... I... I don't mind it. I, I don't dislike it, I have to say. For me, it's just not... I don't know. It's it's there, and it has to do with the fact that it's a tribute to the to the watch that was worn on the moon, which is the Speedmaster Professional, and this is basically a descendant from that very watch worn on the moon. So, yeah, this watch is not flight qualified, um, but it could be. We reckon it could be. But, yeah, but it could be, and it would probably work. And the movement is very solid, like I said, and like we discussed in one of the previous pod- podcasts. This movement is really rock solid. So. No worries there. So more on the case back. It has, uh, of course, a professional moonwatch, and it says coaxial master chronometer. That's something new. Um, I guess they want to have at least engraved somewhere or mentioned somewhere that this watch has a, a master chronometer uh, certified movement. And um, yeah, 
I think uh, it's it's very valid to do so, and I don't mind. I'm very happy that they did it on the case back yeah. and not on the dial. Nice course. touch, nice touch. You don't want yeah. to disrupt the, the functional visage of the Speedmaster. But if you want something a little yeah. less functional, maybe, or a little less <coughs> daily, then we could go to yeah. one of the two gold options that Omega's released alongside. Exactly. So there's a Setna Gold version, and there's a White Gold version and it uses omega's own white gold alloy called canopus and um yeah it's it's they come in two versions each so one with the gold bracelet and one with a leather bracelet but of course you need to go full gold everyone understands that <laughs> so i want to i want to um, just touch on a little bit of uh High-class chemical speculation here. Okay, for, first well, to preface I, this. Meanwhile, yeah, I know what it is, but I can't disclose. Okay, okay. Well, let me. <laughs> let, can I speculate? Can I speculate? Yeah, you can speculate. Okay, yeah. so we we had a discussion that arose from the price difference between the Sedna Gold version and the Canopus Gold version. So Sedna is um, Omega's proprietary uh, red. So gold let's, let's first alloy. mention the price. Let's first mention okay. the price. So the Hesalite with a steel case back is uh and a bracelet steel bracelet is 6.1 in euros mm-hmm. uh 5.8 euros in with a k with a with a strap then the sapphire version with the strap is 6.7 thousand on a bracelet it's 7 thousand then and we arrived here with the gold version it's a setna gold model on a bracelet is 34,100 euro and uh, 24k with a strap and it's 44,000 euros uh, well 44.300 on a bracelet and 29.7 on a strap. So there's quite a price difference between the Setna yeah. and Canopus. It's uh, 10,000. Let's take the bracelet no, version. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's more than 10K difference. More than 10K difference. For the bracelet. Yeah. Okay. So we uh, we had some speculative discussions as to why this is because the. Yeah, so I, I asked Omega, and their official response is that. Um, the canopus, so the white gold version, is higher priced than the Setna gold, and this has to do with the composition of the gold. Uh, the gray golds, or white golds, are more expensive because they contain a higher percentage of palladium, and it also has to do, apparently, with the machining process of gold, which is more expensive on canopus than on Setna gold. So now it's about, but still, it's 10K or more. It comes down, I think, not to the tooling. I, I, I imagine, I can imagine it's more expensive, but... I think it comes down to the alloy. Which which makes perfect sense. So for anyone that doesn't know, Sedna is uh, Omega's special red gold, rose gold, 18 carat, introduced in 2013, and it is an alloy of gold, copper, and palladium. And um, the difference, at least um, the communicated difference between it and Canopus is that Canopus is an entirely noble gold. Um, you will notice that some charts, some inclusive charts, include copper as a noble metal, but actually on the periodic table, it lands outside of that definition with only ruthenium, rhodium, palladium, osmium, iridium, platinum, and gold being classed as the noble metals. So, like RJ mentioned, the higher percentage of palladium, potentially something else from within those noble metals, and the gold that goes into canopus is what makes it so okay. valuable. So. So what's inside Canopus? I can I can mention the, the, the materials, but not the percentages. Mm-hmm. So inside is gold. Yes. And that's at least 75% because it's 18 carats. Of course. Then there's palladium. Yes. There's rhodium. There's platinum. Oh, so there's rhodium and platinum. So yeah, yeah we were so speculating. It's 100%, it's 100% noble 
and it's a used chunk of palladium. So the rhodium so, one that was outside of that wasn't part of my guess. I thought platinum was in there, uh, but rhodium that's in. Yeah, th- th- so there's also platinum. There's rhodium. There's pl- and there's a huge chunk of palladium. If I look and uh, you, everyone can uh, can Google this, and I did so uh, before starting this uh, this podcast. Um, perhaps I clicked it away. Um, I looked up the prices of materials, and. Um, I can't uh, see it anymore. But anyway, um, I don't know from when the chart exactly is. But if you if you uh, if you um, uh, Google like palladium prices or uh, uh, gold prices, you will often see a chart, um, and it said that uh, gold was nineteen hundred and fifty dollars, uh, platinum was eleven hundred and fifty dollars. Interesting that platinum is way cheaper than gold, and palladium was twenty three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, it's uh, so palladium is much more expensive than gold, and way more expensive, more than two times than uh, platinum. That is funny. Gold has seen a real spike in the last in the last year, I believe. I was talking to one of my friends who's a jeweler the other day, and it's completely destroyed his his pricing system. Um, the buy in cost is is through the roof. So interesting stuff, interesting shift um, that platinum should come down below gold, which it normally isn't. Uh, but palladium is really 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 expensive really surprisingly expensive so there you go and perhaps there also the tooling comes into place i don't know exactly the 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 material uh uh, palladium but i can imagine that it's um it's not harder i guess it's a bit more uh more tougher like platinum perhaps with the tooling it's um it behaves differently um with, with, with tooling. So I guess th- there's the price difference, but uh, I guess that uh, the chunk of uh, palladium in there is also causing uh, the difference in price. So yeah, the Canopus one is a lot more expensive, but I have to say from all these uh, different versions of the new Moonwatch, the white gold one or the Canopus one is absolutely my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. That dial is uh, unbelievable. It's just gorgeous. It's it's the kind of thing watchmaking dreams are made of. So, yeah. Can I borrow 44,000 euros? Uh, yeah, but not from me. All right. I'll stump up for 300 bucks myself, but not for 44K. Jeez. The, the, fun, the funny thing is I received uh, quite some uh, WhatsApps and direct messages and so on yesterday and this morning already, even from our uh, uh, shareholders uh, in Fratello. Uh, um, they really love the new watches. And what I notice is that a lot of these people ask, um, can you help me sourcing the white gold Speedmaster Professional with the moon face? So suddenly... Because of these new watches, you will see a spike in similar-looking models from huh. the past. Crazy. It's weird how the market works, right? Yeah. yeah. There you go. So, But, yeah, that's my absolute favorite. Can't, can't wait to, uh, to see it in the flesh. It really looks awesome. I don't think I want uh, to see it in the flesh. I, I just don't think I can handle that kind of beauty. I can't stand it. I will just say it's lost in the mail. And then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, it's it's just stunning. It's beautiful. The uh, sunbrush dial is awesome. It really looks beautiful. They're not gold dials. Someone asked that. Not gold dials, but they are varnished uh, uh, dials, uh, especially the, the black one. Uh, the markers and the hands are gold. I see, I see, I yeah. see. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Beautiful, stunning. beautiful way to really round off the stunning. podcast. Yeah, well, one, one, one last thing. Um, the box, people ask about the box. I think, meanwhile, there are some videos online. As I said, we don't have the sets uh, here yet. They are somewhere uh, between uh, Switzerland and the Netherlands. Um, 
but the box is smaller than the previous Moonwatch box, which was huge. And unfortunately, uh, well, unfortunately, as I just said, I bought my uh, last Moonwatch, uh, the normal, no, not a limited, but just a regular Moonwatch in 2012. Then it still had the red leather box. And in 2014, it starts to come with this big, huge, massive black, uh, almost like a trunk, <laughs> the Moonwatch trunk. And... Um, the new Moonwatch will have a smaller one, more like the Snoopy. So it's the same kind of design, but in a smaller size. Sounds nice. Sounds, uh, sounds, sounds more very nice. Yeah. I, but I'm happy that I have one anyway, because the Ed White came in the bigger Moonwatch box. And um, people complained about it, that it didn't have a special box. And um, especially massive complaints from people who don't buy one anyway. But um, I don't... I don't dislike it. I like it actually because I don't have the normal Moonwatch with that box. So I'm very happy that Ed White came with that box. Um, so there's a different angle to to everything, I guess. So it's all worked out for you, basically. Once it's again, it's all worked out for me. Brilliant. And if you want to have the big Moonwatch box, still either you get the previous model. I guess there are some around at dealers, or get Ed White. Or RJ will sell you his for forty four thousand three hundred Hell no. euros. Oh, I keep it. <laughs> terrible so, business okay good lovely good. stuff end of the podcast if you have any questions don't uh don't hesitate to shoot us an email to info at fratello.com or speedmaster at fratello.com also works if you have specific speedmaster questions um yeah we opened that mailbox it's cool huh we did that very nice for, uh, very nice and thank you for all the comments we really enjoyed and thank your you thoughts. yeah thank you for all the comments on the website on our instagram facebook um we also well it's not ours it's it's i i i i, I was bombarded as a moderator but uh, someone else started it there's a speedy tuesday facebook group um so you have to search hashtag speedy tuesday on facebook and you will see that there's a group it's a very lively group of people, real enthusiasts, uh, no uh, no cringeworthy uh, internet ninjas there. <laughs> um, you know, it's really awesome, very friendly atmosphere. People are super interested. You have to answer a few questions to be allowed into the group, which is what is the name of the second Speedy Tuesday release in 2018? And uh, yeah, we all know uh, that it's not Superman. Um, so get that question right and you can enter the group. And um yeah, a lot, of, a lot has been discussed in there as well, and answers are given by various people um, very friendly. So, yeah, make sure to join it as well if, if you're interested in uh, Speedmasters. And keep an eye on Fratello watches because we will go hands-on with the new Speedmasters. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Rob, for this uh, podcast. Pleasure. And um, looking forward to uh, next week. Ciao. Ciao. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>